0: Welcome to the 1,000 Hours Outside Podcast. My name is Ginny Urich. I'm the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside, and I'm so, 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 so excited. Rachel Cruz is back. Welcome. Hi, Ginny. It's so good to be back with you. This is fantastic. You're always so cute. You always have these cool backdrops. The last time we talked, we were headed into summer, and you came on and you talked about budget-friendly summer ideas, a fantastic episode, and now we're talking and we're heading into fall. You have a new kids book coming out. Just perfect in time for the fall, for Thanksgiving, for the really busy holiday season. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Yes. Oh, thank- was that a year ago? Was it a year ago?
0: I have no idea. You remember <laughs> when it was on? I know. <laughs> I can't
1: remember. I it may have been two. That's how crazy time is. Because yeah. when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like
0: it's been a little while since we've been together. I think it was last year. But I think it was like, you know, 18 months ago, 15 to 18 months yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so it was just such a great conversation to talk about your books and We really talked a lot about contentment. We talked about contentment as it stands for adults. And now you've got this book coming out called I'm Glad for What I Have. This is about contentment for our children, which is a really big thing. I think I noticed it with my own kids, especially even with the younger ones that they want, want, want. I think maybe it's because now we have a little bit more money than we used to. And I think when we had just the oldest ones and they were little, we had, there was like no way. Yeah. Like no one's getting a souvenir. And now, you know, you got a little bit more. So then they're kind of more accustomed. It's like, can I get a keychain or can I get a this? And so I've noticed it even within our own kids, but so good to talk about contentment. Can you just, for the very few people who may not know, can you just tell us who you are and a little bit about what you have out in the world, like your show and your books?
1: Yes. Well, I really, my job, I talk about money. <laughs> I talk mm-hmm. about everything from budgeting, getting out of debt to investing, but also the heart issues around money, things like generosity and contentment, like what you're saying, because that's a key part of winning financially is if you don't have that in order, you could have all the money in the world, but you could continue to, to spend and still feel broke. And so getting in control of your money is something that I love so much. So I have a show called The Rachel Cruise Show, And it's on podcasts and YouTube. I have another podcast with a fellow Ramsey personality because I work at Ramsey Solutions. Uh, His name is George Camel. We have the Smart Money Happy Hour podcast, and that's more kind of pop culture, current events, and money. It's really fun. And I also am a co-host of the Ramsey Show, and so that's on podcast, YouTube, and radio. So I'm kind of (laughs) floating everywhere, and all the socials and the website and all of it. But just trying to put content out into the world to help people when it comes to their money. And you've been doing this since high school. Have you
0: been speaking since
1: I started traveling and speaking with my dad, Dave Ramsey, in high school? So yeah, I was 15 when I started doing all of that, which is just crazy to think about. And then when I graduated college is when I realized, okay, this is what I want to do full time. And at first started talking to high school students and college students because You know, growing up as Dave Ramsey's daughter, a gift that I had was understanding how money works from an early age. So I could avoid so many of the mistakes that, you know, many people make, including my parents. My parents filed bankruptcy the year I was born. And so, you know, I don't have that story. I don't have the story that my dad has of bankruptcy and coming out from that hole. So I realized, gosh, that's a gift. And if other teenagers could get this information and start these financial habits early on, they could avoid so many mistakes maybe their parents made or others. That was really my heart when I started out. And then, yeah, that was, gosh, almost 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Yeah, I'm married now, three kids, and life kind of continues to trek on. So a lot of my content now is just around that. I know there's so many moms, uh, people out there. You're juggling work and kids and money and relationships and marriage and friendships, all the things. So I kind of bring people along in my life and Mm -hmm. what I'm learning
0: and growing in. Mm -hmm. And it's really such an important topic, I think, We've been married now for 20 years, so we've kind of had our ups and downs with it. But I'm in the stage. So this is the stage I'm in, Rachel, right? Like you have the stage where you're in everyone's weddings and then you have like this big drought where you really don't go to any weddings. And then I'm now in the stage where I'm going to weddings of my friend's kids. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So this is like a new stage and it's really fun. It's actually way more fun because it's less stressful about money. I remember being, you know, 18, 19, you're 22, you're asked to be in this, but you have no money, but you gotta get the dress and the hair and the shoes. So now this is like a way more fun position to be in, but sure. it's interesting to kind of transport back and to start to hear these little conversations from these young couples that are like, what are we doing about money? Like who spends what? And how do we come up with a solution? And how much are you working how I mean, it's, it's really a lot. It's a lot.
1: And I, I mean, you know, I do think you you could throw social media into play with this or other things but also our expectations of what life should be Mm -hmm. is up tremendously i mean you're even talking about the wedding stuff i'm like nowadays jenny like even bachelorette parties were kind of just becoming a thing when i got married 14 years ago right or like if you did it you did it in the city you lived in with everyone but the idea of like going on a trip you know and going to multiple showers with multiple outfits i mean people they just go big i'm not saying it's necessarily wrong But that kind of stuff, it's getting so expensive. And like you're saying, you're in your early 20s and you're expected to dish out all this money and then fast forward, everyone's married and there's baby showers and all. I mean, there's just so much. And then you get into that life stage of like, I should have the white, beautiful kitchen. I should have X. you know, Then your expectations move into that time of life Mm -hmm. and it just keeps going. And so it really is. It's difficult because I feel like what's presented to us is like this certain standard of living. And you think if I'm not there, I'm doing something wrong because everybody else seems to be living here. And if I'm not, I got to get here. And then usually debt enters the picture with that. And people end up, you know, swiping credit cards, going into debt for it.
0: Right. And this is what you're talking about with the heart issue. I was actually talking to a photographer just yesterday who does a lot of wedding photographers. And she said, you would not believe how intense is the wrong word, but how picky, Mm. I guess, that brides are about their chairs. They don't want the regular chairs. They're going to upcharge for the wooden chairs. And she said, it's a big thing. They want these wooden benches. She said, it's a really big thing.
1: Isn't that funny where I'm like the aesthetics of all of it, which again, I know is beautiful and all of that, but I'm like, that wasn't like the big thing, right? I don't know. So that's, it is wild how this stuff kind of just seeps in. Yeah. And again, you take it as normal until you step back and be like, okay, let's just like get a clean slate here and talk about what's really key and what's really important because we end up being a rat in the wheel, whether you're the bride with the wooden chairs or you're the mom raising kids and wanting them to look a certain way, like whatever the thing is, it's like, oh my gosh, we spend our lives and our energy Stuff that doesn't matter. That really doesn't matter. Right. And it gets us in trouble, I think, from an emotional standpoint, but also a financial standpoint, because money's the tool that creates a lot of that. And
0: right. it's just really difficult. Right. So this is really a perfect time to be talking about a book like yours. I'm glad for what I have, a children's book, because we are raising kids in a different time of life than what we were raised in. And so I remember when I was going to get married, there was like some magazines. I remember... I like, remember going to the library and looking through a couple magazines, but there really wasn't so much content out there in terms of like what it could be or what it could look like. And I think sometimes with more choice, wow, we're really in a dilemma because if you choose one thing, that means you're not choosing the other thing. And if you choose these chairs and what's going to look like in the photograph. And so really these conversations probably start young when we're talking about contentment and not looking around so much. Yes. So can you tell us, I'm glad for what I have, why you wrote the book? What's some of the main messaging from it?
1: Yes. Well, I have three little ones at home. I have an eight, six and three-year-old and my middle, which I'm the middle child in my family too. So she is, she's me made over Jenny. I don't know if you like look at your children and you're like, yep, I don't really understand you, but I understand you because you are me. Uh, and even the way she relates to money, she's our little spender. I mean, she will get a dollar and she's like, when can we go to the store? When can we go to the store? And I'm like, it drives me nuts. But I'm like, that was me. Like, I, I feel everything so deep in my bones. And so there was one afternoon, you know, something happened. I think something broke or whatever. And she was like, we'll just Amazon it. And she just said it so like casually and like flippantly. And I thought I've created a monster. Like, I mean, you learned that from somewhere and who did you probably learn it from? And so that was the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I want her, I want all my kids, but especially her because I get it, Mm -hmm. to learn contentment because that is something that I've had to walk through personally because I can be that one that's like Mm kind of just, oh, here's a sale here. I'm going to go here. and, And I enjoy spending money and it's fun. And not that any of that is wrong, but it's all about your motivation. And when you find your joy in just the newness of stuff, that again, that rat in the wheel mentality continues. So for her, she was kind of my motivator for this book. I have two other ideas for two other kids' books, probably for my other two kids too. But <laughs> this one, I was like, I just want that message of contentment. And so I'm glad for what I have, yes. And I wanted to do animals instead of like little kids. I just love animals. So I was like, I want to do that for the artwork and the illustrations. And it's just a journey with these, with these little animals and their parents or parents. And they start to learn, okay, if I get everything that I want, Am I really as happy at the end of the day as I thought, or what really is important? And so that message really comes home in the end mm-hmm. of it. And it's short, it's a little board book. So I know as a mom, the short books that rhyme, I love those <laughs> for bedtime, some of the very long ones. And I love the books too, as a mom, that at the end it speaks to me. I have some of those kids' books that when we read it, I'm like, I feel myself be like, I needed that today. So I wanted the book as much for the child as for the parent that's reading it yeah. too.
0: Yeah. I love the juxtaposition of the animals because it's actually like surprising, like it catches you off guard, like where the, let's say the one animal is asking for a toy or, so that's actually really cute. Like the squirrel is saying, like, I want a new ball or the elephant is saying, you know, I want a new toy. I want something new and fun. And there's like, you know, it's really cute pictures of like jump ropes or a a bike. So I like that because it's surprising. Obviously, animals are content. Yeah. That's right. They don't need any of these things. They
1: don't, right, right. So then it
0: kind of makes you think like, oh, maybe I should be content too. Yes. And I'll be asking for quite so much. So I just, the illustrations are adorable. And I do too. I love the rhyming books, quick and fun to go through. But yeah, just a thought of, well, in the end, one of them is saying like, well, now our little burrow or wherever, you know, their little animal house is, it's too full.
1: Yes. And you can't see the table, the couch or the floor, right? Yeah. So it's like this idea that, Even if you get everything you want, is that truly the thing that's going to make you happy or does it actually just make you more miserable? And there's a little piece of our population that I kind of tap into a little bit of that minimalism route, which I think there's something there. And I don't consider myself a necessarily quote unquote minimalist, but there is something about the chaos of our stuff in our life. And when it is removed, there's peace that comes with that too. And so I did want to paint visually that picture of just stuff. I'm like, we just have crap Mm -hmm. everywhere. It's what it feels like as a parent, right? And there's just stuff everywhere. But yeah, it's not making us any more happy, Mm -hmm. any more joyful, any more content. If anything, it just kind of feeds this little monster inside of us Mm -hmm. that we all have, right? That we all kind of have to tame. But that's even why, Jenny, all your stuff that I love about being outside. I mean, there's just something about changing up the rhythm that we've kind of gotten in as an American culture and just kind of shaking it to its core. And and one thing Mm -hmm. that my parents taught me, which I love too, because there's a balance in all of this, is that it's okay to have nice stuff. Just don't let your nice stuff have you. Yeah. And your stuff has you. I think when you go into debt for it, that thing owns you at that point. You right. don't own it. But also when your joy and your happiness is wrapped up in a thing and you think, mm-hmm. if I can just have this, I'll be okay. And that's what you know we can fall into as adults, but also our kids can. And I hear my kids say that sometimes. Oh, if I could just have this, everything's fine. And I'm like, you guys, you've got to learn as early as possible that it's not bad to get
0: that thing, but it is not going to fulfill you the way you think it will. Isn't it wild, Rachel? Like, it is a surprising thing to look at our world and to say, look, I have the head knowledge. I know, I know that I'm gonna buy that thing and the newness is gonna wear off in X amount of time. I know that I'm gonna pick up my phone because it seems like the fun thing to do and I'm gonna scroll and I'm not gonna be fulfilled. I know it, but it's really hard to move away from that in a way that is long lasting, in a permanent way. I like the idea of a kid's book because I think that some of those topics... Are topics that we have to come back to time and time again. It must be human nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. To try and fall into those traps. And you're
1: exactly right. It's the behavior part. And when I talk to adults about money, I'm like, personal finance, it's 80% behavior, it's only 20% had knowledge. To your point, we can know what to do. But until you actually do it and physically go through the motions of living on less than you make, creating a budget, being wise with your money saving like when you until you actually do the behavior, you're not going to see the results. Mm -hmm. And the truth is with anything. Right. I'm like, I just think, you know, money can be as much of a medicator as other things in our culture. But people don't. They look at, you know, whether it's alcoholism or what you know put in the the stuff that people see as medicators and they're like, oh, gosh, like that's the bad. But when you have everything is perfect and beautiful and all this stuff, they don't see underneath what that could be. Could be Mm -hmm. not always is that you're medicating pain you're medicating your loneliness whatever it is with stuff but it's somehow socially acceptable right it's not one that's like this like ugly monster that other things seem to be and so just to your point you're exactly right we can know what to do but yet we still oh we still go through it because Mm -hmm. i think a lot of times yeah we're avoiding something deeper down and that's again all the heart issues and it just Mm -hmm. it comes out with your money it comes out in other areas of your life too but it's a big deal because we are a very faceted people, right? There's many elements to us. And I think it's important to happen to all of it to be wise in all these areas.
0: Mm-hmm. So a kid's book is really the perfect thing. Because <laughs> if you're reading it, you know, once at night or, you know, on a weekly basis or something, it's a reminder to everyone really to be grateful. You know, you look at these animals and you think like, well, you should just be grateful. Like you're swimming yeah. in the beautiful ocean or whatever it is. And you got yes, everything that yes. you, you have, everything that you need. That's right. So it is a, a really thought provoking way to pair animals they know the animals that are all around us asking for something when in reality we all know that animals have you know for the most part what they need and are content and they just run around and play and gather what they need for that day so yeah i love that this episode is brought to you by better help question what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day read a few chapters of that book start painting that guest bedroom tackle that pile of laundry play a card game with your kids A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot, and for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want we had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get 120 dollars off across your first four boxes. That's code outside 120 at com slash outside 120 for 120 dollars off com slash outside 120 code outside 120. I love the concept of the book really cute with the rhyming words. So huge congrats to you. Kids books are so fun. Is This is your first kids book.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, my first one that I wanted. It's so funny because even when I started the process, I was like, gosh, what?" as a mom, what are the things about books that I love? So it does feel like a very personal project to me. Mm-hmm. And our illustrator, my illustrator was just absolutely, she's fantastic. I mean, her drawings mm-hmm. are so beautiful. She She gave the emotion that I wanted, even in the parents, like in their eyes and stuff, you can see a little bit of the concern and all of it. But as it goes on, they're kind of the wiser ones, I guess you could say in the book that teach the animals and let them know, yeah, I will, I'll kind of open that door and give you what you think you want,
0: Mm -hmm. but you're
1: going to learn the lesson of realizing, yeah, it's, it's family, it's God's love. There's all these other things in life that fulfill you and who you are that Mm -hmm. do bring you the more lasting joy than just the stuff.
0: Yeah. What an awesome book. I'm glad for what I have comes out right before Thanksgiving. So fun little one to take, you know, sometimes people do cute little table settings or whatever. It's like fun to put, Maybe at someone's little spot at their table or or whatever, like for the holidays. So yeah. just beautiful. Well, this is cool, too, because you're a reader. You're a big reader. I love seeing your posts there every month, just about like, this is what I read. You're showing your different books. Can you tell us what are some books that you're reading right now or some a couple ideas maybe from this year, some things that have impacted you? Oh, yeah. OK,
1: so I will be honest. I totally fell off the train. I For years, I read like multiple books a month this summer. I don't know what it was. It got to me, and I'm like, oh! But I'm back where I I am reading one right now. It's a uh, kind of like the like scary thriller ones, Jenny. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. this one is by a guy named Riley Sager, and it's called The Final Girls. So it's it's a little disturbing. So if you're that's not your cup of tea, you know, just you can move on from that. But gosh, you know what I'm going to do right now while we're on this podcast? <laughs> I have my Goodreads app. Do you do Goodreads, Jenny?
0: I need to, because you can really keep track of what you read on there, you right? can,
1: Cause when you even asked me like what I've read, I'm like, oh my gosh, I like I have to go back now. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's been some good ones. Okay. So again, kind of in that same thriller genre. The
0: housemaid. Oh, oh, the housemaid. Oh my goodness, what did is you read the ending? second one too? Did you yes. read the second one? And the second one this is as yes. great. I thought it was wonderful. Like oh, they're good. The housemaid. That's a really good one. I listened okay. to the first one on Audible, which I don't do too often just because we got a lot of kids and I get interrupted. But yeah. somehow I was able to listen to that one. And I, I mean, I, <laughs> I have a hard time because sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to be a mother because <laughs> I need to listen to the rest <laughs> I know. of book. The house <laughs> so one was a favorite of mine for sure. Yes. Okay. I read The Comfort Crisis. Have oh, yeah. that one? Yeah. Michael Easter has been on our podcast and he has a oh, new book yes. coming out called The Scarcity Brain. Yes. I think either in October or November, right around when yours comes out. Yes, I've, I heard
1: that. Oh, I loved that one. My whole family, we read it uh, all like it kept getting passed around the family.
0: It was so good. Well, they a really, I mean, I think that that Comfort Crisis book really kind of goes in line with what you're talking about here, Yes, which is that we're aiming for the wrong things. That's right. We're aiming for the stuff. We're aiming for the comfort. And his whole point is that is not where happiness lies. That is not where your joy is going to come from are these things we're chasing the wrong stuff so that one i think right. goes right in line with your message oh it does
1: i know when he keeps painting that picture of that we don't want to stretch ourselves and when i think about people getting out of debt and the sacrifice mm-hmm. that that takes it's hard it's not comfortable at all in order to do that but yet those are the things that make us stronger yeah those are that whole book i loved on the money side the psychology of money uh by morgan Housel, and it was fantastic just a lot of research understanding kind of why we do the things we do with money. I wrote a book similar, not similar to this one, but called Know Yourself, Know Your Money that I think mm-hmm. I was talking to you yep. with on my podcast. But just that whole idea of understanding like what's really going on and, and everything from like long-term savings and all of it. So that's an interesting one if you're into like the money stuff. Okay, my therapy one, Jenny, <laughs> codependent no more. <laughs> that's on my list. And I didn't consider myself a codependent person, but a couple of things came up that I was like, mm. so I read it and I was like, okay, I could like, Uh, that's like a, it's a good, uh, I think everyone should read it because Mm -hmm. you kind of see your attachments and you're like, okay, let Mm -hmm. me like, that's more of the soul work, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And what was another one? Just the nicest couple. That one was okay. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on, but.
0: (laughs) This is eclectic. You're an eclectic reader. I would say I am too. Like, I like to have a lot of different types of books. I really like the fiction. And what's interesting too about books and we're talking about your book that's coming out, your new children's book. It's like books really do something for our soul. And I don't know, I was um, I read something recently that was talking about, oh, I'm not going to remember where I read it, but it was talking about the fact that sometimes all we do is read these self-help books and they're great and they're interesting and you learn new things. But that these fiction ones, the stories, like I would say that I find creativity. a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of joy in a a book that you can get for free from the library or a book that you can get from the little free libraries or one that you, or maybe it's $10. You know, you buy a fiction book and it gives you hours and hours of entertainment and also just thought provoking things for your soul. So let's just talk a little bit about the small things. When we talked before it was about summer, but what are some cheap things? Like you talk about how to have a social life without going broke. That's one of the things that you talk about or like, so you could have a book exchange party. Yes. What are some of these cheap things that we can do that bring us to life, that bring us a lot of joy.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest places people spend money that it's in a sense unnecessary is out to eat. And that's mm-hmm. a big social thing is like, Hey, let's go out to dinner. Let's go out. And but you end up spending so much money when you're doing that. And I think there's just something about even hospitality that people mm-hmm. crave. They crave to be, I think in people's homes and with people in their environment, you get to know people more in that way. So yeah, if you're in a season where money's tight, which it, it probably is for a lot of people with inflation and everything going on right now. Uh, have people over, right? And have people bring it like bring some stuff and just together yeah. like spend it spend a night at home. You're not taking up the table for three hours for the waiter that's probably wondering when you're gonna leave anyways, right? You're not having to do all that. Like just be home. I love the idea too, Jenny. Um, even with the ages of my kids, someone said this to me a few years ago and it just really stuck of It can be so easy when you gather as families to be like, all right, kids, go up to the playroom play. Adults are going to spend time, which we do. Like we want to spend time Mm -hmm. with the adults and talk. But there's something that I'm like, I want my kids integrated with other, with our friends and have other adults in their life. And they know that they're a part of this. I'm like, I want this to be a very intertwined thing. And so when you're in your home with your friends, and even if the kids come, like, like, let it be an intertwined evening, right? Where the kids Mm -hmm. are there, play a game together. And of course there's time that, hey, kids go up to the playroom play. We're going to have some, Yeah, we're going to talk as adults. That's fine, too. But um, just this way of living has just been really refreshing. And I feel like we've done that a lot. So that I mean, board games, uh, if you look Mm -hmm. around people's cities, even there's so much that goes on that you may not even realize. And you probably know way more of this than I do with all the stuff you do. But I mean, whether it's farmers markets that you can walk around in festivals, like there's always stuff just going on. And mm-hmm. your kids don't need to be at Disney World all the time, right? It doesn't have to be this endless supply of entertainment right. constantly. Right. Um, you can go out and still do stuff and have a life, but not spend all this money. And so I think it's just being, it's thinking outside the box and mm-hmm. being wise with your decisions and planning and being proactive in that. Because I think sometimes we get stuck and it's like, it's a Saturday and it's raining. We'll just go to the indoor trampoline park and you end up spending, you know, 60 bucks, you know, with all the kids yes. and stuff. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Now, if you have the means to do that and that's what you want to do, that's great. Go have fun. But it is hard when you're like, oh, no, that that was a lot of money for us. And we Mm -hmm. just did it because we were exhausted. So as much planning and proactiveness that you can do
0: as a family, I think, is really key. Mm -hmm. Wow, we've had that. (laughs) We've gone roller skating, roller skating for an hour, and it cost $80 by the time I left. Just roller skates and you have to rent the skates and then. There's a little snack, and all the other kids are getting the snack. So then your kid wants the snack, yeah. And then they could play laser tag if you're going to add on, and all the other kids are playing laser tag. So that one hour, eighty dollars. But it's interesting to think about these types of things, like a book, like having someone over, like a game, that are a fairly small investment. You know, I even the nicest games, like some of the ones that are most expensive, like ticket to ride. And some of them are like a little pricey Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, well, some games are six bucks, but some games are $60. That's that's still cheaper than our one hour at the roller rink. And it's something that now we have this investment for a long time. And I just had, I talked to Sally Clarkson. She's got so many books out about hospitality and she's got her Mm. own podcast. And she was saying, like, I actually loved this, Rachel. She was saying that when she has people over for meals or different things, she absolutely has them help. Yes. And yes. I was like, oh, okay, like you know because you're, kind of, <laughs> like, you're, yes, if I have a family over, like, okay, I'm gonna be cooking for, you know we've got seven, so maybe I'm gonna be cooking for fourteen. or she's like, no, like they come in the kitchen and they get to work too. And I thought, well, like you said, the potluck or have people bring stuff, yes. and this is still so much cheaper than eating out or going to do one of those events where you gotta pay per person. And then you just can play a lot of games together. So it kind of makes me think about like our soul needs, yes. like what do we need? we need to feel connected. Yep. We want to laugh. Yep. We want to be a part of something. We want to slow down. We can get those things fairly cheaply, especially, I think, when you're starting out. I mean, I don't know. I guess, mm-hmm. is that something that you see, Rachel, like, are most people who are starting out their adult life, their married life, are most of them struggling financially? We sure were.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of think it runs the gamut now. It's I think it's everything. People are getting married later, so people do kind of have their way of doing money. They have their own jobs, right? So the dual income thing uh, is much more real in today's world. But gosh, I mean, we just keep seeing, I mean, credit card debt has hit an all-time high. I mean, we just keep seeing everything that's coming in, sadly, is just proving that we are living above what we're making. It's just kind of a simple math formula, but that's the reality of what's happening. And so, yeah, I definitely think, you know, when you're starting out, and I think the high expectations of what your life should look like, it's hard to, to, it's a hard pill to swallow um, new homeowners. Like if they're look if you're looking to buy a home right now, it sucks because you're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, what we could have gotten in 2019 versus now, like it's yeah. just a different, it is a different world. And so I think there's that level of facts that have to be in our lives over our feelings. And my friend, mm-hmm. Dr. John Deloney talks about this a lot, that, yeah, I mean, your facts are your friends. You have to really know what's going on. You can be, you have a lot of feelings about it, right? You can be very frustrated mm-hmm. and annoyed and all the things, but you can't let those things take hold and be in the driver's seat of your financial decisions because mm-hmm. that's what caused a disaster. So, so yes, Jane, I think it is people starting out, but also sadly, I think it's running the gamut of just people yeah. living. And, and I'm not saying that not everyone's like out there buying extravagant things all the time, but it is this idea when, when prices go up on stuff, that means another end of the equation, you're expensive. You have to cut mm-hmm. things and we're used to living in a time that things weren't cut pseudo loan payments were on pause, like, you know, all of that was happening. And now we're hitting a new reality. And it is tough to say, gosh, I'm going to probably have to pull back on some things. Mm-hmm. And that's never fun, right? That's the comfort crisis. Right. Is, that That's uncomfortable. That's right. not fun.
0: But it's the wise thing to do. So you don't continue to dig yourself into a financial hole. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a phrase for it. I think I learned about it in economics. It was like the cost. I can't remember what it is. It's, Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like, like no, it's like you can't have everything. Opportunity cost. cost. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that's a really interesting thing. Well, yeah, it's almost like someone should have an Instagram account. Like I think back, like what would my Instagram account have looked like when we were, you know, 22 years old? It would be like, we're shopping at Aldi and now I don't even have enough money for this. So I go up to pay and I don't have enough. So I have to put that back and I have to say, I'm not going to get that. And here's our house with our asbestos siding. And I mean, like, where are the Instagram accounts that show those types of things? Like, this is really how a lot of people are living. But I always say, like, I think that those smaller starts, those, you know, when you have less means, you're really grateful for where Uh you end up. So, you know, there's something to be said about not needing off the bat to. Yeah, not jumping to it. I can't imagine mm-hmm. there was no Instagram when we first started our married life. So I would imagine this is a little trickier. I mean, you're constantly seeing what other people are doing and what other people have. It's a hard thing. It is.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important too when people, you know, for me, when that comparison or discontentment creeps in, you know, there's like this reality. I can always tell myself, like there's two sides of the story, whatever this picture mm-hmm. is that I'm seeing or this video, either they've worked really hard for it yeah. and they've saved and good for them. Right. I'm going to applaud that. Or maybe they fall into the statistics that we see constantly and they may have a lot of debt that could cause a lot of stress. Like you don't know what's going on behind the yeah. scenes of that. And either way, I've learned, Jenny, it's not my business. Like, good, you know, so now I've learned I'm just like, good for you, whether you're deeply in debt or you say to pay for it, I need to focus on me. I don't need to be worried about what you're doing but we get caught in that cycle of that scroll and it's so easy to do. So Mm -hmm. I even have to like logically like hit those steps even for me sometimes, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Those are the opportunity costs either way. If you're in debt, that means you're having to pay for it down the road. So that's opportunity loss. If you worked hard to get there, that was also something that you chose that you lost time or Mm -hmm. it took a lot of your effort. So it's just interesting to think about that way. Okay, you were talking about minimalism earlier and I I am not. (laughs) I am not. But I do get the premise. And I think the premise of having less stuff in terms of having less clutter and having more time, we try. I mean, I I try to here and there go through things or or to have less. I I like the idea of the capsule wardrobe, but you had an episode called Things Minimalists Never Buy. This is like what people need to know. What are some things that a minimalist wouldn't buy?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. These were good because this was like uh, like a lot of them reuse like Ziploc bags. Like they will like buy the Ziploc bag that you can like rewash, mm-hmm. right? Instead of buying that. So it's like anything that is reusable, a mm-hmm. lot of them subscribe to because they're, like it takes less clutter. It's the one thing, it's all you need. You don't need 18 cups. You just need the four. Then you, you know, you just keep using it over and over again. And so, uh that we have a lot of cups all the water but, bottles i just feel like we just constantly get water bottles i don't know where they come from but yeah
0: we have a lot of water bottles too but also then it's it's a hard balance though right rachel because then it's like well if you have, you have people seven over, kids. well yeah we well there's seven of us there's only five kids oh, five kids but, sorry sorry, sorry. yes yeah. yeah, but you know you have another family over i mean we've definitely eaten at people's homes before where they don't have enough like plate things so i mean whatever yeah. i don't know like i've eaten chili out of a mug so I guess that's fine too <laughs> you just I guess you make it work yeah I, think I like, that. To, like okay. sustain, but I think like even the water bottle example like for me
1: I know when I open up that one cabinet we have in our kitchen like cup like lids fall out straws and I'm like ah you know and that's when I'm like all right it's time to like clear it out what are the ones in the back that we never touch like well like, you know it's kind of just going yeah, but through. it's
0: hard though isn't it because they will be like our kids will be like well, I got that one at VBS and I got that <laughs> one for my basketball team and that, and I colored that one. I, <laughs>
1: Always. I don't know. It's not That's it like, going through the kids stuff. I made the mistake one time. And I, like some of it was just, it was just broken crap. Like I can't even get, I'm like, I'm not even gonna give this to Goodwill. Cause it's, it's just trash. It's literally trash. And I like, had it in a trash bag and I made the mistake of leaving it outside the door and they came in and you would have thought I've like <laughs> thrown away the dog. I mean, they are just in tears. Mom, how could you throw this? I'm like, so that was a sonic toy from like two years ago. <laughs> that's like missing all of its pieces. Like, like this isn't even a thing. Like it's not even a thing. Oh, my god. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. Mm-hmm. All of that.
0: When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out.
1: So yeah, the minimalist living, I would say I don't subscribe to fully. But the premise, I understand, and I appreciate kind of just that mindset of, hey, we're going to buck against this cultural mindset that the more stuff we have, the better off we're going to be because it's mm-hmm. just not its not true, right? So yeah. we're going to pull back some and uh, have a little bit of peace. And yeah, so I, I appreciate it. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. subscribe to the capsule wardrobe. I will say that, Jenny.
0: Clothes are probably my week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could probably go <laughs> through my closet.
0: Well, I tried to do it because one time we went on a vacation and I brought everyone like everyone had five outfits, like full outfits. And then I was like, well, this is perfect. Like, why can't I just have these five outfits? But then what happens is you get behind on laundry and then no one has underwear. So then you're, (laughs) it just didn't work. It didn't work for me, but I I do like the idea. I think that's an interesting thing though, to think about if you wanna have a little bit less, a little bit less clutter, what are the things that minimalists are not buying? And the idea of reusable things or things that are multi-purpose would really help. I could see that's a great thing so people can find yes. i wonder which show that was on your show the rachel was, Green show. yes i filmed
1: it a few months ago so i'm trying to wreck my brain on those i can't remember everything that was in that video but
0: yeah yeah well people can go back and listen I'm a, i just want to read a couple of these for people that are interested It were some really cool topics investing for total beginners advising for major purchases which has a really big deal it's like cars appliances like what do you do when your fridge breaks like All these home, obviously, are you going to invest in more education? So advising on major purchases, the best and worst side
2: hustles.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. Well, side hustles have really become a way of life. They have. Yep. And there's some that are
1: incredible, that are great. And your time and money, it pairs together. And that's what I try to do is create a list of ones that, yes, it made sense financially and with your time. And then there's others that it takes maybe another skill set and you have to go, you know, get a certification. And that takes more, you know, it starts to Mm -hmm. kind of be this wheel that's out of control to an extent, it can be. And so making sure you're being wise, because for some people, it's just for a season, the side hustle to earn some extra income to either, you know, maybe get a savings goal or to pay off debt. But yeah, but it's been a thing that, and for a lot of people too, which I think is great, is that their side hustle becomes their main gig. Like this one thing that they loved they started a small thing and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And that now is what they do, which I think is amazing. So yeah, uh, we live in a really great world right now. I think the internet and and the ability to do things uh, is so much more vast today mm-hmm. than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there uh, yeah. for people to make
0: money. And I think
1: it's I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I was just talking to these four brothers who are called the Wild Brothers. Okay. They grew up in Indonesia. They were like missionary kids. And while they were there, they just made video content, just growing up, fun stuff. They were in the jungle. And then they just moved back to the States within the past couple of years. And they've, they, they said we were planning on getting regular jobs, but this video content stuff is working out for us. So they, they're kind of like, there's never a better time. Like you could be a musician. You Well, in the past, you needed all of these things. You would have needed a helicopter to get shots from up above, but now you know, can get a cheap drone or all of these different things. So there is a lot of opportunity out there. So people want to know the best and worst side hustles they can find that on your show. Starting a budget from scratch, that's a big deal. Yes. This is probably, we are talking to a lot of people who have like never done this before.
1: Yep. That's right. And it's very intimidating, right? It's very mm-hmm. scary. And I think for a lot of people diving into their numbers financially, a lot of people think, God, I'd rather just my head be in the sand and not mm-hmm. worry. Um, I don't want to worry about it, but I do. I, I push people to say, hey, look at the reality because only from there can you continue to allow money to not be the thing that just controls you and stresses you out, but really is a tool to create a life that you love and a budget. Mm-hmm. I always say is permission to spend. It isn't yeah. the thing that you have to dread. It gives you control uh, and it allows your income to go further. Cause that's another thing. If you're going to be working, you know, all these hours, if you're working a side hustle, you want your income to go as far as possible and so the budget right. allows you to, to do that so yeah we walk
0: through a lot of budgets on my show because i think it's
2: important
0: isn't it interesting sometimes you're like when you have a, a thing that you talk about like we talk about going outside and i would have thought in the past like well how could i really have like so many episodes about that or how many podcasts or whatever and then like you just do there's all these different things and you got awesome. three shows you're on three different things, right? Is that what you said? The yes, Rachel Cruze yes. show, the smart money, happy hour podcast, and the Ramsey show. Yes. So you got three shows. A lot. Coming a lot of yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of things to talk about. So yes. uh, no. depending on what you're doing, and I love that the budget is permission to spend. I think too, once you start, like my brother and sister-in-law, they've got the envelopes for like, um, like it's so specific and you have to start somewhere, otherwise you're never going to get there. But theirs will be like four you know, they've got the one for gifts and they've got the one for this person's hair and that, I mean, I don't know Yes. <laughs> they're really good at it, but if you start small, then you can, you can specify down yeah. and just really have an understanding of what's going on. So people can check you out in a lot of different places. Let's I'm talking about generosity, because this is going to be coming out, heading into Thanksgiving, heading into the holidays and generosity, I think is so overlooked as a venue for joy. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. And, you know, I think people who listen to this podcast are from all sorts of walks of life and all sorts of different faiths. But one of the things that I love about the Bible is that it has counterintuitive principles in it and things that don't just make any logical sense at all. And a lot of them are about generosity. You know, the, it talks about refresh someone and you will be refreshed, or cast your bread upon the water and in many days it will return to you. And so we have found in our life some of our most fantastic moments have been in those times so i'm gonna i want to share one story because like, you know you don't usually share your stories right because they're like you know it's not the thing but i shared it already on social media so I'll, I'll share it here but we were at a concert recently nf i don't know your kids are eight so nf is like this rapper and he like i mean he just has this phenomenal show our kids are teenagers they all wanted to go so we go to this show and it was just I mean unbelievable so fun his music's clean it's just great like this rapper so anyway everyone was super excited to go and they wanted to get merch right so this is like the thing right they want the sweatshirt you know everybody can pick out one thing but the lines rachel were like out the door i mean you had to wait in line so long to get the merch so i was like well i'll wait in the line in case you know so that you don't miss or whatever so i'm waiting in the line and it was a long, long line. So I'm listening as bored. So I'm just listening to other people's conversations. I was yes. by myself. And this woman behind me was with her son or teenage son. And they were just going back and forth about the money like, oh, you know, I really want the sweatshirt, but I you, know, I, you know, just like that one of those things. You yep. could just tell yep. that. Anyway, so when I got up and I bought our kids things, I turned around and I bought theirs. Oh. I said, whatever it is that they want, I'm going to get. And the woman started crying, crying. And she said, I bought these tickets for my son for his birthday months ago, she said, and we've fallen into really hard times. She said, I don't even have food in my refrigerator, but I really wanted to get him something special for his birthday. That's what she said. Oh. And she's crying and other people around us started crying. And I just feel like that was one of the best parts of my entire life yep. Yep. is generosity. And I think we forget, like when talking about... Really, the whole thing is like we forget the small things. We forget that going outside can be really fulfilling. We forget that reading a good book can be really fulfilling. So what do you tell people about generosity?
1: Yeah, Oh, in in that example, Jenny is perfect because that not only are you aware of what's going on around you, but to even have the ability, right, that you have, you know, you've done well enough that you're like, okay, I have the margin that I'm not having to choose between food in my refrigerator as maybe, you know. So maybe it's a single mom, right? Like you don't know her story and this. And so like that is where I want people to go because I'm like, you know, the idea of saying no to stuff and delaying gratification, saving up and uh, not using debt, like all of this is to get people to a place where you have the ability to change your family tree and to be extremely generous because mm-hmm. just like you're saying, it's these little, it's it's the small acts or maybe it's the big acts, right? All, all of the above does something to us. And I think we live in such a world that is so me-centric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I even think about our phones. I'm like, we have a camera to like, look at ourselves to like take selfie, right? Like we are so, it is such a me-centric world. How oh, yeah. I'm feeling what I think, what I want. And when you start to flip that script and you start to move on that spectrum of selfishness to selflessness, where you actually See people and step into their lives, even if it's in a t-shirt line to get merch. Like what, mm-hmm. whatever the situation is, like it gives you something. It gives you a level of joy that buying something will never give you. It just won't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of how we're created. Uh, I think there's something within us that longs to be that person that's able to extend a hand and help mm-hmm. somebody. And the hard thing is, is in reality. When we live life with no margin and we're just paycheck to paycheck, we don't have that ability. And I know some people have the heart to give, they just don't have the bank account right now. And so mm-hmm. that's one of my pushes is getting people in a place financially where you have the margin, not just for your family and to bless them and enjoy that, enjoy life, but to be able to give because when you live with that open hand, it does something. And it's not this promise mm-hmm. of like you're gonna give something and then you're gonna get 12 sweatshirts when you come home, Jenny, sitting on your, you know, on your doorstep because you bought someone a sweatshirt. It's not. This exchange like that, but it's the richness of how you live is mm-hmm. what changes you, mm-hmm. and it's a it is a beautiful thing. And I think it, you're exactly right. It's the it is the most fun that you can have with money. And I think it's like it and it changes people's lives. Like literally, she will probably remember that story for the rest of her life of this woman mm. in line who turned around and did something kind. It's a big deal, and it's a part of money that not a lot of people talk about. But it's it's a big part of my message because mm-hmm. even on that budget that we say, if you download our app, every dollar the first line item is giving. And I tell people, give regardless of where you are financially, even if it's a little bit, but -hmm. start that habit too. Because another lie Jenny, people have is, well, I'll give more if I have more. Like if I do have that, if I do have that margin, I'll be able to give. But I'm saying like your money's a magnet, it's a magnifying glass. It makes you more of what you already are. And so if you're not Mm -hmm. practicing that generosity now without a lot, you're going to get more, but it's not going to come as easy as you think, unless you're Mm -hmm. in the motion of it. So- Always be looking uh, for those opportunities because I think it is. It's one of the things in life that, oh, it gives such joy. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, who knows? You wouldn't ever be able to go back and like track it. But I have found that the more we give, the more we have to give.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Who knows where that comes from? And, you know, if you believe biblical principles, then maybe that's what you're believing. But, you know, the the one about it's in Proverbs. So I I always say like, look, you know. (laughs) Uh, People are in such hard spots. Like they've maybe been really hurt by religion and these different things. So I I always want to be really sensitive to that. But Proverbs, I always say it's just like a book of wisdom. So that's a good one. You know, if you're like, nah, I don't want to read the Bible, but you could just pick up, you know, just the Proverbs. Sometimes you can get a book of just that. And there's, you know, one for every day. But that one that says, it's kind of like what you were talking about, Rachel. Like it says, cast your bread upon the water, for in many days it will return to you. And I like that one because. It's about being outside, right? Yes, yes. And it's counterintuitive because when you cast your bread upon the water, it does not return to you. It gets eaten, right? Yeah, yeah. By the duck or yeah. it disintegrates. It, you know, it, it, it doesn't come back to you. But like what you're saying is it comes back in other ways. Yes. You're not going to get 14 sweatshirts on your porch. You don't need that. But something happens to where then you have you have more ability to give in the future. And,
1: and I think what it does too, Jenny, is when you are a giver, you're aware of that in life. So when things are given to you, whether it's stuff, maybe it's financial or maybe it's other things, opportunities, whatever you're aware of, right? When you're living in just this tunnel vision of just you and stuff does come your way, you're not thinking, oh gosh, that is like tenfold of what I want. Like when you have this open heart, you have the capacity now to see exactly what you're saying. When this stuff does come back to you in whatever form that looks like, you see it and the gratitude of that is that much greater too.
0: Mm-hmm. My mom always says, blessings are not always green and rectangular. And I love that. Because it comes You know, it comes from relationships, it comes from experience, yes. it comes from opportunity. Yes. You know, sometimes I'll stand in, in moments and, you while know, I, well, I speak about homeschooling mainly, but in getting outside and, our daughters have had these opportunity to sing these songs on these stages in front of thousands of people and it's just like wow that you take a step right. back and you just have these opportunities and these experiences that you remember forever more so yeah. than anything i've ever purchased yes yes even the coolest a cool car or cool whatever more than anything i've ever purchased it's those experiences it's the relationships it's those times of generosity so heading into the holidays This is just such a perfect topic heading into Thanksgiving. I'm glad for what I have by Rachel Cruz. Just adorable illustrations. It's a really precious book to add. I wonder, the pages are nice and thick too. Is that like how all of them
1: are going to be? Yes, and I wanted them thick because my kids We'll grab books and tear and all the things. So I'm like, I want them indestructible. So you will have these books for a while. Your
0: kids can't tear the pages. <laughs> it's like the minimalist, like right? Like you can just reuse it. <laughs>
1: That's it,
0: 100%. I mean, I totally noticed the quality of these pages is fantastic. Like no one's oh, going to be ripping this one. Probably like a baby could stick this book in their mouth and it's not even going to ruin it. the pages. I hope so. I hope, <laughs> so, so. There I there hope so. I
1: hope many babies are read this book. So Yes,
0: what a beautiful book. Well, Rachel, I so appreciate your time. Really appreciate what you're doing. Like I said, it is so interesting that You take one topic about money and it so permeates so many areas of your life and relationships that it's definitely worth talking about. And so people can find you all over the place, all over the world on the Internet. And so um, all the different shows that you have and so many different topics people want to talk about. Actually, and you had articles, too. So I just want to point this out. Forty five cheap date ideas you'll actually want to go on. That's fun. Yes that's a great list as much content to get people in that in those kind of mindsets is is big yeah and people can find you on the ramsey app so all the shows are there so rachel thank you so much for your time and huge congrats on your new book oh jenny thanks for
1: having me on i'm such a fan of everything you do i follow you on instagram and everything every time you post i'm like oh my god it's so good it's so good so i it's a pleasure being on thank you for having me on and yeah i hope everyone enjoys
2: the book Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.